TalkZone.com. Now, Talk Zone presents Two Guys on a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joe Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys on a Mic on TalkZone.com. And we do welcome you to Two Guys and a Mic. Thanks for joining us. Beautiful, beautiful Tuesday here in the fine, snowy city of Chicago. It is the coach, temporarily, we hope anyways, flying solo here. Double B, Brian Bauer expected in. Producer extraordinaire David Olson on the other side of the glass. We've got one hour, actually 56 minutes, 12.5 seconds to be exact to talk sports and more. Here on Internet Sports Talk Radio. Again, the talkzone.com. You want to uh, talk to sports with us right now? The co pilot seat is wide open. You're more than welcome to check in. The phone number is 888-463-6748. 888-463-6748. If you're shy, don't want to talk over the phone, but you got thoughts and you want to send them in via email, we will accept that shyness via the written material at Mike. Two guys at AOL.com. Remember, it's Mike is in microphone, M-I-C, and the number two, Mike. Two guys at AOL.com. Big Tuesday here, and a lot of people are suffering through, um, and I would not be one of them, by the way, the post-football depression, the realization that the football season has indeed come to a close. But as one of our fine interns reminded me this morning, in about a month and a half, we had the opening of the Indoor Arena Football League. Brand new. Brand new Arena Football League. I forget the exact name. Indoor Arena Football Arena Indoor. They canceled the league for a couple of years. It's right back at you. So hopefully your city or some city near you has Indoor Arena Football, and you can uh, kill your football hangover with a quick football fix in about four or five weeks. Might be even sooner than that. we got to check on the opening day of that. But very, very exciting. Super Bowl uh Talk today, of course, we have a little thing we call on Tuesdays, Residue Tuesdays, where we can pick up some of the things from the weekend. It's not too late to talk about us starting tomorrow on a Wednesday. We surge ahead. We do not look back, but there might have been some people maybe who had a little Super Bowl hangover. Maybe they actually, God forbid, had to get to work early yesterday, were not able to listen to the show, had some thoughts on the Super Bowl. That's what Residue Tuesday is all about, so... Uh, if you do have any items, give us a call at 888-463-6748. Also, there were a lot of things that happened over the weekend that were not Super Bowl-related on a sporting front. We wanted to get to some of them also on a Residue Tuesday, including a young female who made her first appearance at the NASCAR race, a little Olympic news. We had a, apparently, I didn't watch it, but a great NHL hockey game, and an exciting golf tournament out in Pacific Palisades, California. So we got all that to, to get to, too. Again, football has come to a close. Moment of silence for the football season. Thank you very much. And our co-pilot has arrived. Double B, Brian Bauer in the house. And by the way, I believe, is the Winter Olympic opening ceremony this Friday? I thought it was Thursday, no? So it is this week. Yeah, I thought it was Friday, too. Okay. Let, me, uh, all right. uh, let me look into that. So after all the tremendous anticipation, the opening of the Winter Olympics, opening ceremonies, arguably one of the grand moments in all of sports, 
very arguably, by the way, uh, is, is almost upon us, <laughs> Thursday or Friday. Brian, how are you, bud? Good. And speaking of Olympics, from what I read this morning, apparently they're trying to ship in snow to Vancouver. Here in Chicago, we're going to get 12 to 18 inches. Right. D.C., 24 inches over There's the weekend. Plenty of snow to ship yep. if they can find trucks to ship it there. Yeah, how, if, how do you ship snow, by the way? I have no idea. Like, Does it have to be like a cooled container? If it's only 50 degrees when it gets there, does it actually stick? I, I just don't know. I, yeah. I find the whole thing fascinating. Well, I'm, I'm going to take a wild guess and say that there's some kind of cooling device. I don't think shipping snow in a regular truck with a heating device is going to work. Yes, David Olson. Uh, they are Friday. The Friday. ceremonies, yes. Not Thursday. Not Thursday, So no. those people that planned a big opening ceremonies party for Thursday have actually need to push their party back a day. Exactly. They can just, you know, settle down with the fine sitcom <laughs> fair on NBC that evening. <laughs> a lot of good shows on Thursday. Don't kid yourself. Friday is opening ceremonies, Brian. I know you're eminently excited. Do we have any idea? There's always a surprise guest, somebody very illustrious who will bring the torch or actually will, will climb the stairs to light the torch. I haven't heard much talk this year. Who's the famous Canadian? Because it's always somebody from the country. You know, here in the U.S., we did it with... Well, I remember Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali was the big one. That was pretty cool. In China, it was like their greatest athlete. Uh So usually it's like whoever the best athlete is or the best known athlete from your country. So who's the greatest? Is it Wayne Gretzky? That's who uh, came to mind right off the bat. Yeah, that's what I would think, too. I think the great one, You don't think it would be ex-Montreal right winger Yvonne Cornwallet? Maybe Guy Lafleur. I always like any guy named Guy. <laughs> how, about a, how about a Jean Bellevue? It's been a long time since the Montreal Canadiens. What, what other great play, athletes of Canadians put out other than hockey players? See, you're as stumped as I am. I have no clue. Yeah, well, we have a vast listening audience out there. I'm sure we're big and out in the uh, fine continent slash country. I'm sure, of if John Canada? Candy was still alive, he'd be the one who did I'm, it for him. Yeah, what the heck? Bring him up. He, he might still do it. Shake him loose a little bit. Get the cobwebs out, John Candy. Prop him up. He might make the climb. Um, yeah. All right. Well, famous people from Canada who would be contenders to bring the torch up. Help us up. Maybe Steve Nash. Oh, that's true. The basketball star. Yeah, absolutely. All right. 888-463-6748 via the Internet. Our webcaster, Brian. We are shining out into seven different continents and also parts of Ontario and Vancouver. Really? Hitting yeah. Vancouver. How about, you know, British Columbia? I've always been interested in British Columbia. I always worry about people from British Columbia. Why is that? I'm not sure. Do you think they actually think they're still British? That's part of it. Yeah? I think there's a quandary of exactly who and or what they are. Where is the British of Col- British Columbia? It's Northeast Canadians. <laughs> it's, them, it's, the, it's them Northeast Canadian theory. Okay. Don't you know? Yeah, so I don't know. The whole concept of Canada just amuses me. Like The first time I ever went over there... The fact that you didn't need a passport in the time, now I think things have changed. I think you actually have to have one. Mm-hmm. But to go over there, just show your driver's license. Or if you're a kid, they're like, yeah, he's with me. They're like, oh, yeah, okay, come on in, eh? Have mm-hmm. some bacon. It's good, yeah. And then you go in, you have some beer. Like They didn't care about drinking ages, which I always thought was fantastic. And then they're just always cold. And, and their money is always colorful. I always thought that was kind of nice. And friendly people. Oh, very. very friendly. Very. I have not been to a Toronto or Montreal. I've heard nothing but great things. I did get to visit Vancouver in a coaching expedition and in... in you're a bit about uh, crossing, you know, having a passport to get in. Yeah. We, uh, the preparation for this big coaching expedition here, we, we had like four busloads of kids. Okay. A huge event, and, you know, uh, in the summertime, we're meeting, or, no, like four or five months before, they're telling us about how strict they're going to be. we got to have the passports. you got to have the kids' information, the parents' information. you got to have all this. Every meeting, we would be, you know, not intimidated is the wrong word. but Inundated? But, huh? Inundated? Inundated yeah. and, and, and fear-mongering brought into how... 
tough it's going to be to cross the line in this bus with the kids. We've got to make sure we have all the papers. These agents are very strict. They won't put up with anything. Make sure the kids are our best behavior, et cetera, et cetera. So we're all kind of nervous about it. We pull up to the the line. Right. <laughs> to get in. Yeah. And our director goes out, and the whole bus is, you know, silent. We're expecting a long time. He comes back. Ah, we're good. Four buses come across the line. <laughs> Took all of about 18 seconds, 72 kids. Hey, you know, could have had a couple mass murders in there. Come on over. Oh, they're Canadians. Welcome to Vancouver. They don't care. They're happy to have yeah, you. Apparently yeah. so. Apparently so. But uh, Double B, great to have you this Residue Tuesday. Right. So we are still taking thoughts on the Super Bowl, first of all. We left on Friday, and I don't know about our listeners, but I had a taste in my mouth just water. For some of your chili, how did the famous Brian Bauer chili come up? Could be the best batch ever. Really? The wife claims best batch ever. Wow. I, I, as the person who tasted for three straight days as I'm making it, I think it, by like day four, I've lost whether it is or whether it isn't. Because, you know, you just keep throwing stuff in there. You're like, is this good? No, I don't know. It needs this. It needs this. So, again, everything's from scratch. All the spices, everything, I just, you know, it's all put in there. There's no prepackaged anything. And White again, claim, we try, best but time you, ever. you will not divulge the exact ingredients. No. Okay. But, but we do know it's it's fresh. It is fresh. You do most of the slicing and dicing yourself. All of it. He slices, he dices, he cuts hands, ears, fingers, toes. Three kinds of meat. Three kinds of meat. Three kinds of meat. Ooh. Yeah. What kind? A little lamb? A little lamb. Little chunks of beef. Because a lot of people, what they normally go with is just the ground beef. Uh-huh. I like the chunks because it makes you feel like you're eating almost a stew kind of thing. Okay. And then, you know, you go with a little Italian sausage mixed in there. Look at that. Yeah. Three kinds of meat. Yeah. The three-in-one chili. That's nice. Double B. Any chance this uh, could be available? Have you ever thought? I know you're looking at different job scenarios. Have you ever thought of... Uh, Going into a canned operation, possibly uh, selling this stuff at a grocery store near you. I don't know if you can can with love. See, I make with love. I have music on in the background. I, I, I'm almost, you know, caressing it to the point where my wife's a little awkward just sitting there with me. <laughs> She's like, you know, I can't even be in the kitchen with you when you're touching that thing. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know if you can can with love. I think that's where you lose the flavor. We did have chili at our uh, Super Bowl function. I want to thank uh, Winnetka Gale for making an outstanding chili. And it was a very controversial with the big hunks of the tomato. Ooh, no. See, I, most yeah. people did not. I personally you like go that, eh? against the grain. I'm a big fan of the big hunk of tomato, but you as a chili expert would say no. No, I like the the smaller chunks of tomato, <laughs> so they basically just dissolve into the thing, so you barely don't even know what you're having. Okay. See, that's what I love is because when you have the pepper, the red pepper, and I have all the yep. spicy peppers in there as well, yep. then you have the tomato, and it boils for so long because I do mine three days. Mm-hmm. By the third, fourth day... You see kind of the skin of color of different vegetables, but you're not really sure Everything what it is Everything has, has melded into yeah, one. It's one. It's great. You know, three different colored beans, which are kind of nice to just throw out some extra color. It's good. Now, from a spice level, is yours mild, or is it the kind that can put hair on your chest? It's an in-betweener, because I find a lot of people, like, I love spicy, but I know a lot of people just can't take okay. it. So what it is, is it's one of those where you take it, you get the bite, and then the heat comes from the back. So it's not fully, but let's just say if a teenager is near puberty, you're chilly. Might be the kind of over the top, right over the just top. right over the top. All of a sudden, he'll be like, "Dad, this is the greatest chili I've ever had." You look under your arms, all of a sudden, <laughs> "Hey, Dad, hair!" Wow, that's outstanding. And by the way, um, I don't. I saw you come in with a notebook. Yeah, newspaper. I'm looking for the canister of chili that me and David Olson were. I have it. And here's the thing: this morning, obviously with the snow blowing. Now here we go. But I still have it, so I can swing by tomorrow. Excuse number 42. <laughs> this is the, it was the snow blowing and the chili is still Well, it, it, it's been snowing all night in Chicago, yes. so this morning I yeah. snow blowed for my wife to get out of the driveway so she'd get to work on time. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I had to clean up, then I had to take care of the dog, you know, and then I had to take a shower and get ready for the show. And pre-notes, I actually have our 
the, I know you're going to want to see this. this Ladies and gentlemen, notes, production for the show. Notes, oh, this is notes, our spring training lineup. Three notes, that's spring training lineup. I forgot. For your Chicago Cubs. The Cubs! The Cubs! Wow, this is a bit we've been doing in the shows right. that you've been here. Right. Uh, it's still, what, nine days until pitchers and catchers report, but we have been featuring a different team with our projected February starting lineup. That's right. For Major League Baseball. Right, so doing all that, this morning I actually saw the chili. I'm like, okay, Brian, mental note, remember to get the chili. Well, what <laughs> happens? I'm halfway here on the highway, and I'm like... Hey, you know what you forgot? The chili. Atta boy. <laughs> yeah, I think I can speak for David Olson and our intern staff. If it's between the February projected starting lineup and Brian's chili, I'll take the Brian's chili. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> yeah, you got that right. No, I'm with Thank you, though. 888-463-6748. You want to debate chili with a Brian Bauer? Uh, you could do so. Mike. Two guys at AOL.com is our email, and I forgot, Brian, you picked uh, Indy to win like most people, correct? Well, I told you, with my he- my head said Indy, my heart said New Orleans. Uh, uh, you know, had it happened either way, I look at it as Peyton Manning is probably the greatest quarterback of this era. I won't go all-time, because I think Dan Marino, if you put him in this era, where wide receivers can, you know, run untouched and in these more pass-happy offenses, I think he could actually put up even more than he actually did. But I will say, in this era... Peyton Manning is the greatest quarterback that there is. That being said, what a great story for Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints. I mean, Drew Brees just comes off as this genuine, nice guy who wants to help that community, which, by the way, he was not born in. He's from Texas. Right. He went to school in Purdue. Yep. He was originally drafted by San Diego. His only association was with New Orleans was they're one of the only teams that wanted him. It was between Miami and Nick Saban and New Orleans when he had his shoulder surgery. You know, that he had run out of a contract. Phillip Rivers was in San Diego. So he chose New Orleans, and he went to a city that needed to be rebuilt from the ground up. You know, and, and he just threw himself into it. Now he's a part of the community. It's a great story. The whole thing is great just to see him celebrate. I loved it. Seems like a genuinely nice guy, as does the running back, yeah. Pierre Thomas. Yeah. Most of the team, pretty cool guys. 29 of his last 32, a lot of them weren't bombs. No. Boy, his accuracy was unbelievable. And what I'll say is the one that threw me off the most that I was watching, most guys who throw that quick pass to the right side or left side along the line of scrimmage, it just looks like he gets there. Like it barely gets there. With him, he throws it with accuracy on a line. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't go more than a yard. Yeah. But it goes 20 yards straight down the line to the wide, to the running back, usually coming out of the flat. Mm-hmm. And it's just unbelievable. And you said guys like Pierre Thomas. What I love about that team, it's a bunch of no-name guys. Right. Pierre Thomas played at Illinois and you know what? Wasn't drafted. Robert Meacham, uh, Marquise Colston. The only big-name guy really coming in, Reggie Bush. Reggie Bush and Jonathan Vilma coming from... Vilma? He came from the Jets. He's the middle linebacker and Shockey, which they traded for. But, I mean, the rest of that team, you look up and down that roster, and if you were to say, okay, when they were drafted, what did you think of these guys? Most people would be like, who? Who's this? Tracy Porter, the guy who made the big interception. There were stories on him in the paper. Apparently, he, he went to Indiana. Yeah. So you know right off the bat, he was not a big-time recruit, and apparently he was like the last of a group of 27 recruits for uh, ex-head coach Jerry DiNardo. Right. So he was somewhat of an afterthought even in college. And his last two interceptions, one for a touchdown in the Super Bowl, the other one against Brett Favre. I just, and it's guys like that. That's what I love about this team. One, I think that coach is phenomenal. I, I think you know he could be the best coach in the league right now. He's a little understated a little wacky that halftime when he came out with the onside kick everybody in my in the room including the women who really had no idea why we were jumping up and down all couldn't believe what just happened 
like, yeah, do they do that after half? I'm like, no, nobody does that after half. That was that was one of the great battles for a football, one of the great rugby oh. scrums that we've seen, too. That referees had to, like, unpile people that were scratching and clawing. It's one of those where you wish you had a camera under the yes. grass looking up to see what kind of biting and shoving and yeah. poking and prodding and caressing was going on. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Apparently, the guy who originally had it did not end up with it. No. Because it does change hands like 20 times underneath that pile. Yeah. I've only been in a few of those in high school, mm-hmm. and a lot of people don't wear cups. So when you're underneath that pile, I mean, there's just fists hey, and, and poking. Literally, you want to put your red, helmet into the grass so nobody gets in your eye. Said, yeah. Ouch. Put your helmet into the grass so nobody gets your eyes. That's the big key. Mm-hmm. And then cover up the privates, and they just scramble for the ball. Maybe <laughs> NFL should have ground cam, like a microphone built in underneath the football field. And some guy with a remote control, you could Just probably get like a 13-year-old kid. Oh, they'd probably be And wherever the fumble or the scrum is, if there's something good they could catch, the, the guy on the remote control right. in the booth all of a sudden moves the little yeah. mouse, if you will, or whatever it is, underneath the ground. Boop, it pops up right in the middle of the huddle. With these turfs, now that they are these, these AstroTurf yeah, ground rubber ones, could it be? put a little track underneath, and you just yeah. shoot a little eye cam and go straight yeah. up. You could even have like a verbal, you know, the thing to shoot in, there are big seven guys on top of each other scrambling for a football microphone. Goes Could up. you imagine Hi, what guys. would happen? How are you? We're just checking it out here. So, smile for the camera. Imagine what you'd hear down there, too. Yeah, oh yeah. Hey, don't touch me there! Hey, yeah. what? Oh, hey, oh, there you are! Oh, 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 oh. Hey! <laughs> got the Colts by 10. How much are we ahead? <laughs> oh, goodness. All right, so we got Super Bowl talk there. New Orleans uh, winning the ball game. A little residue Tuesday. Any of your thoughts on the Super Bowl? I'm sure you saw, Brian, that from a TV rating standpoint, apparently the number one most watched show of all time, not sports, nope, but all time. time, period, end quote. Wow. Beats MASH. Wow. Which had the greatest closing of all time in an era where people didn't have as many TVs as they do now. Beats Mash. 1983. Yeah. So that record yeah. has held for a oh, extended long, period long of time. Long time, exactly. What we look over 106 million households. I want to say. Uh, you don't want to have to get that. It, it, it was a ridiculous number. It just it, it just goes to show. I mean, you look at teams that, that they don't always have to be big market teams. You don't need your New York, Chicago's, L.A. You had New Orleans and you had Indianapolis. And I gotta be honest with you, had Indianapolis been playing somebody else, I'm thinking the number probably drops down a little bit. But I think there's that good feeling for New Orleans right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of us still remember the days of the Aints when the guys used to wear the paper bags over their heads. Those were some of my favorite guys of all time. And blackouts. So, which, which makes the New Orleans uh, championship for those of us that remember those days for the New Orleans yeah. fans. It's kind of nice for the Saints fans to be able to celebrate. Absolutely. Because they've, they've been Absolutely. through some They really deserve bad. it. It's been a long, yeah. long time and yeah. a lot of bad, bad teams. Now, you mentioned uh, Indianapolis. They had Indianapolis and they had in New Orleans. You had Drew Brees. You had Peyton Manning, David Olson, our television and media expert. Also, uh, by the way, our producer for the show did bring up a good point. There was also something called snow, particularly on the eastern seaboard, and a lot of it that might have. I didn't think of this. I got to give David all the credit. David probably copied it from someone else, but <laughs> that might have attributed to the fact that a lot of people uh, couldn't go anywhere. True. No shopping, no excursions, no games, no events, no movies. You're stuck at home. There was a major snowstorm on the eastern seaboard. No, oh, absolutely. And like we said, Washington D.C. I think they came up with 24 inches over the weekend. Yeah. Wow. You know, and that's an area that's not used to 24 inches over the week. It's not like Chicago where it's like, oh, okay, yeah, we'll get it, we'll figure it out. Yeah. You know, the, the, you look at the way New York was supposed to get a ton of it too, but it kind of trailed off before it hit New York City. You know, I worried that maybe you'd get a ton of rain. 
similar to the Bears Super Bowl in Miami versus Indianapolis, because usually when that stuff comes from you know west to east, it'll come over the top. And you're right. Most people stuck at home. They had nothing else to do. Might as well watch the game. You're there anyway. I will say this. A buddy of mine is a tennis pro in Chicago. He actually had to do lessons the day of the Super Bowl because a bunch of wives and kids who didn't want to do it had booked them solid. The day of or, the or, day or of during the, no, the Super Bowl? During. Wow. During and day come of. On. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, really? Kid calling sick? He's like, no, I charge them double for this day. They still come out. It's yeah, not bad. Yeah, no. So yeah, he's just... a tennis pro. You put the thing on tape machine, you're all set. Exactly. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a quick break. Double B and the coach with you. Talkzone.com. Two guys, one mic. Actually, a couple of mics, but the show's called Two Guys and a Mic. We're webcasting. Say hi to the fans, Brian. Thank My you very much. Have you noticed this? Like, this Your mic is sagging. It is. You've had that problem of recently. But in this one, I did the same thing. I lifted it up, and it's got a little saggage, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. yeah. Right. yeah I got some saggy Mine's, mics. Mine's solid. <laughs> All right. All right. We'll take a quick break. Back in a minute. Talkzone.com. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone by the way double b we're talking a lot of uh, football today on a residue tuesday here at talkzone.com two guys and a mic thanks for joining us beautiful tuesday here but if you check your local listings are uh, not a bad night if you're a basketball fan not a bad night for college basketball either could I offer you Michigan State and Purdue, Illinois, Wisconsin, Alabama taking on Kentucky, or the game of the day? And I always, uh, I, I don't know much, but I have pretty good instincts on what the best game to watch is. Yeah. If you're a fan out there in an area, you don't have t- tremendous allegiance to a particular team. We believes, I believes Tennessee Vanderbilt. Really. Might be the game to watch today. What Good time is that game? Is that a six o'clock start route. or is that later? I, I think it's a six o'clock. See, that's what I, I really want to watch: the Stars and the Blackhawks. A little NHL hockey because I think okay. this is the last game before their break for the Olympics, if I'm right. And that does say that they play a couple more games, but either way, I guess they play out the rest of the week. But I wanted to watch them the last three games before the Olympics started for them. So if I could watch a six o'clocker, they don't start until mm-hmm. seven thirty. I could watch the whole six o'clocker, then turn over. Right. That's what I'm looking for. My original thought was Illinois, Wisconsin, because it's a regional thing. Mm-hmm. But if you're telling me Tennessee, Vandy, 
Tennessee Vandy it is. It's an interesting game. In-state rivalry. Going to be a good battle. Vanderbilt having an excellent year. Tennessee doing a great job. Also uh, last night, Kansas, number one team in the country, knocked off Texas. So we are all caught in the Super Bowl uh, hype and you know, the post-Super Bowl talking about the commercials and the halftime and the pregame. In the postgame, we kind of slipped in a couple of good college basketball games. But Kansas over yep. Texas, 80-68. to And Villanova knocked off West Virginia, number two. Taking on number five, that one slipped through us too. Eighty-two seventy-five, big win for Nova, and um, head coach Steve Pappas, no, yeah, Steve Lapis, Steve Lapis. But I'm looking back at the Texas Kansas game. The one that you know, I went over the box score because again, not a big Kansas guy, not a big Big Twelve guy, but you're a big box score guy. I am a big box score guy just to see what happened because that usually will tell you a story that no other people are really looking. Sometimes for. I'll go on the internet and just you know look up minor league box scores. I love looking at box scores. Very lonely life. Jacoban Brown for Texas. Okay, comes off the bench and puts up 28 points. 28. 28 minutes or points? Points. Wow. Comes off the bench and puts up 28 points. That, that kind of baffled me right off the bat. Your whole team. The highest scoring person was 15, other than the guy who came off the bench. And that, that just kind of resonated with me mm-hmm. for some reason. That's not yeah. bad. Bench scoring, 28 points, all from one guy. All from one guy. Pretty good. They had other, they had, I think the rest of them all combined for another 10 bench points. But he, by himself, 28 mm-hmm. points on a team that only put up 68. Not enough to knock off the number one ranked Kansas Jayhawks. Not even close when you lose by 20. Well, I mean, you know, we talked about Syracuse yesterday. I mean, Kansas, 23 and 1. Yeah. With the schedule they play. I mean, you know, a few easy games. Most of them are teams that if Kansas is not ready, they can beat them. You know, I'm not a big Bill Self fan. He left hey, my beloved Alana. Yeah. He kind of bothers me a little bit, but boy, you got to give credit to that ball club. 23 and 1 with the schedule they've played. That, my friends, is impressive and credit to players for not having letdowns because everybody's shooting for you. Yeah. And these are not weak teams. Good teams trying to get you every single game. And out of 24, they've won 23. That's pretty good. Well, I think here in Chicago we have a problem with self because of leaving Illinois. And, and the biggest thing was how he left Illinois, saying that that was not his destination job, Kansas was. But I will say the one thing he was always good at, it was never X's and O's. To me, he was always a great recruiter. Yep. He always got great talent. Even when he was at Illinois, which at the time was not a great powerhouse, hadn't really done much, he recruited some really good talent. Now you go to a Kansas, Kansas where basically every kid who wants to go there is top-notch player, so you recruit the top 10 guys out there, and your team is phenomenal. So you don't even have to be a great X's and O's guy. So I give him credit for what he's good at. You know, I look at it as, you know, he's done a good job. The thing is, Kansas just has always bothered me as a school. You know, they're they're a basketball school first. There's always been this kind of air of we are superior at it. kind of drives me insane. I, I just go back, you know, from my days as a kid when I was a JoJo White out in my driveway, shooting baskets for the great can Dave Robish and some of those great Kansas players. So I got a soft place in my heart for the Kansas Jayhawk. But I do know what you mean. Under Bill South, they've become, uh, and even under Roy Williams, a little bit less likable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because it just seems to be one of those, well, we're going to be great every year. To me, it's a lot like if you're going to go football, you're Ohio State's, you're Florida's. You, know, you kind of now just expect them every year to have a top 10 recruiting class, to always be there, and it kind of annoys you that they are. You almost want them to drop down just to see an underdog. Mm -hmm. Similar to the Indianapolis Colts Saints game, you want the underdog to have a chance. And with Kansas, I don't think a lot of people have a chance. Mm -hmm. To be honest with you, once they get in the tournament, they might get knocked out. But until then, they're going to be a number one seed. A little college basketball part of the talk today. 888-463-674-8BA. Did you ever shoot hoops out in the driveway by yourself, make up games like I did? And B, if you did. Who were your favorite players to emanate? Who were you shooting by yourself out in the driveway? When I was a kid, because I 
I was who I was. <laughs> I was a huge Charles Barkley fan, to be honest with you, as I got older. Uh, as a kid, I was a big DePaul fan. So we had a couple names there that, you know, I don't know if a lot of fans outside of Chicago really know. Well, back when you were young, those DePaul yeah, teams those were, were the, famous. Those were the Meyer days. Yeah. yeah, those were the days that... Mark Aguirre, Mark, Terry Mark, Cummings. Mark, Terry so Cummings. Terry players. Cummings was my guy. Yeah. I love Terry Cummings. But you, uh... So I thought I was Terry Cummings as a little kid. And then as I got older, because of my game was mostly power forward, even though I was like 6'1", 6'2", in high school and junior high. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought I was the round mound of rebound without being around at the time. I was pretty skinny. Little did I know I was eventually going to get to the round mound portion myself. So, yeah, I, I really thought I could be someone just like him. Charles really, uh, you know, he had good jumping ability, but really he had uh, two round mounds. Yeah, the front and the back. Yeah, and that's what he used to box out, and that's what made him so effective. But that's, I mean, if you're going to play the power forward position, you got to remember he was six three, six four. He wasn't a big power forward. Listed at six five, no, right, not a chance. But he took up space. The guy took up space, and he was a grinder. I mean, he just put his body in there. He used that backside to push you back out. I mean, that was part of the game that my coach always told me. He's like, listen, if you're going to play that position, Mm -hmm. you should watch him. So I did start watching him. I really liked the way he played the game. So that that became, you know, my friends are all taking three pointers at the last second. They're Mm -hmm. like, three, two, one, from like far. (laughs) out make it oh i made it uh, and me in the meantime i'm going three two one i'm trying to box him out underneath and just put the ball in the in the net making the three foot shot yeah the three footer it's good times he is at one point i remember i ranked the top five gluteus maxes uh in basketball history top five butts mark aguire clearly oh mark clearly the best backside of any player when i say best i'm not talking about look i'm talking about how they used it right for effectiveness right notre dame had a six foot five inch scoring machine played in the pros to adrian dantley I yeah, think he was yeah. my second uh, all-touch team. I don't remember his touch. Charles Barkley would be right up there, and then I'm forgetting another guy. How do you feel about fun. a big baby Davis? No. No? On the all-touch team? He's got a lot of tush. Mm. He's got a lot of everything. Yeah. And he's fun to watch, but I don't see him. No tush, huh? He he doesn't have the extended back set. You're, he's more a width, not so yeah, much exactly. a... Yeah, okay. I see what you got to have like the bump in the back you, you have to, a little, to yeah. create space. <laughs> Right? I mean, I no, you're get, right. You're exactly right. I don't want right. to get too specific. Because it know. comes in like a weapon. It comes yeah. in straight at you. Yeah. There's no flatness Or even to it. if it's not a weapon, if someone tries to guard you from the from behind. Right. Because of the width and depth of your uh, gluteal maximus. Yeah. Thank you very much. When you turn around, you've got space for your shot. You can't get up on the guy. No, that's yeah. true. There you go. No, I'm with you. Yeah, <laughs> started off as a Super Bowl residue show, and all of a sudden we're, we're breaking down backsides. Let's talk about a men's players. base. Pretty soon yeah. we'll talk about NFL draft. We'll talk all about the men's base. So we, great we, base. we got two things right. out there for the fan. Daily quandary. Hard-hitting sports here in the TalkZone.com. Best butts in basketball history. Who used their butt the best? Barkley, Dantley, and Aguirre are my one, two, three. It's and also, um, who might? Be the guest of honor to actually light the torch in the opening ceremonies on Friday. Who is a famous comedian? Canadian. Canadian. He could be a comedian. Comedian yeah. Canadian. Yeah. Yeah. Lily Tomlin. She's still alive. I believe she's Canadian. <laughs> Isn't Stephen, um, who's the real Mar- drone? Martin Short is a Canadian. There you he go. can go in there. Somehow I'm not going to picture yeah. Martin Short. <laughs> Mike Myers is uh, Canadian. There you go. But who, who, who was Martin Short's Canada? character, the guy with the hair? The, Ed Grimley. Ed Grimley. If he came up as Ed Grimley and lit it, I must say, I think that would be fur. That yeah. would be perfect. That, that would make my day. Somehow, I don't think when the Vancouver Olympic Committee got together and predicted who's going to, I can't I, believe I'm in the Olympics. I must say, <laughs> fantastic. Eight 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 four six three six seven four. And who might it be climbing the stairs and actually lighting the torch? Always a dramatic moment. It's this Friday, Brian. I know you just got finished having a big Super Bowl party, but Absolutely. I'm assuming. 
I'm assuming you will have people over for a festive opening ceremonies occasion. No, no, opening ceremony is kind of a quiet event for me, man. You know, that's a night where me and the wife like to sit down, watch them together, okay. you know, have the dog near us, you know. I, I love China's, and then I found out later that it was all, a lot of it was video created, which yes. kind of bothered me more than anything else. Mm-hmm. I thought it was the un- most unbelievable thing. And then to find out later, oh, yeah, yeah a lot of it was CGI. Mm-hmm. That that kind of sat yeah. my craw wrong. I'm hoping that this is big and elaborate. But natural. But natural, exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm looking yeah. for. My here. son is a big uh, stage crew uh, techno freak. Yeah. At the high school, he's getting into that whole thing, and he watched the uh, the Who Ugh. halftime presentation. Well, can beyond we talk the about music, that later though, on too. Beyond the music, uh, he was uh, fascinated as well. He should be the light best, show. Best the, stage. Yes, best stage I have ever seen. That's what I'm talking for, about. For a concert at a Super Bowl, best yeah. stage I've ever seen. Yeah. But they needed that to offset worst performance I've ever seen at a Super Bowl. You might as well have brought back up with people from the I, very first Super Bowl. You know I'd what? have been more entertained than what I saw. I went uh, downsy and then upsy on this oh, one. At I first so I watched bad. it, I'm like, oh my so God, this is really, bad. really bad. Then the more I watched, you know what? The less the camera was on Roger Daltrey. He can't sing. The better the Who sounded. Right. But you know what? I thought towards the end, I started to make it come back. I thought, you know what? Not as bad he as I thought. can't sing. It's over. The pipes are done. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Townsend, fine. The man can still play at his age, and that's amazing because he played phenomenally. But then you look at that drummer who's behind him, who, by the way, could have been like one of their kids or grandchildren. He looked like he had no interest in being there whatsoever. Just kind of looking around like, yeah. He was uh, Ringo Starr's son. Is yeah. he really? Yeah. That's right. Starkey's his last name, right? Yep. Are you guys, so he had the same look that Ringo has of like, hey, I'm here. I'll hit the pellets. Good. Yes. Uh, what is this Super Bowl? Eh? And I just mm-hmm. weird. It was just weird. The whole thing lacked something. And I realized they're afraid of people showing nipples. I understand that. But can you find somebody under 75 <laughs> to play the damn thing? Last year we had Springsteen. Fine, great talent. But now we're getting older and older. Year before that was Paul McCartney. Uh, what do we get next year? Who are we bringing out next year? What do you want, Lady Gaga to be the Super no, Bowl? No, but somebody show? else. I mean, for the love of God, there's so many great artists out there. Are you tell me that we have to find everybody who's 60 or older. Give me a 50 year old who's still kind of safe, but can actually belt out a tune. That's all I'm looking for. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Because it killed my party. At that point, we were all having a great time. And then there was just like, it was almost like a mask went over everybody's face with that whole like jaw dropping. Like, what is this? Why would they do this? And one of the guys at the party said the best. He goes, you know what happened? Goodell at the meeting goes, who are we having for the Super Bowl? And some jackass in the back goes, who? Good enough. And that's how it went. You know, because a bunch of owners said, well, that's safe. We know who those people are. A lot of people had only one question after they watched who. Who? Why? No, who? Because honestly, most of the band wasn't the who. There was only two guys from the who there. Everybody else is dead. That's how old they are. Oh, goodness. I, I missed the start of it. Did they have the usual inane running in of the uh, silly fans up to the stage? Did they do that no. again? No, they didn't show that on TV. Good. No, they no running on TV. Because that, that is like... No, because I know. think they realize it's kind of hell to get those people uh, back afterwards. You might as well just leave them up in their seats and, you know, just get... Honestly, that's stage well, I, don't, I don't think those are people up in the seat. Those they, people yeah. are, like, brought in, and they're held outside the stadium, right? I don't think they're, they're like, actual paid customers. Still too much work to get those people in and get yeah, those people... Yeah, but just the way they run in, you know, That stage, phenomenal. For, uh, just phenomenal. I, I thought that was the best part. That actually saved how bad that real performance mm-hmm. was. David Olson, our television and media critic, also our music critic. Your thoughts on uh, who? Oh, they were awful. Thank and you. I, I, and I knew they were, I, well, no, and I knew they were going to be uh-huh. when they first announced it because uh, last fall they did like the VH1 honors 
and you know it was the Who, and they had all these other bands come on paying tribute to the Who, and like band after band after band blew the Who off the stage performing the Who's music, <laughs> and when the Who finally came on at the end of the concert, it, it was like it was such a letdown because they were just they're a shadow of their former selves. Yeah. Next they year really for are. Super Bowl XLIV, your Super Bowl performance, the Jackson Four, not the monkeys. Hey, the There's actually an online petition already going on to get ACDC to do it. See, I can live with an ACDC. They still, I mean, it's it's kind of scrambling. The pipes are starting to go. But that's another band. They at least it'll get you up and going. Give you a little Our something. good partner is going to be joining I us uh, tomorrow, Thursday, and Friday. My normal co-host here when I say normal and Joel. Not even close. Those are two things yeah. that usually don't go hand in hand. He's pushing for Pearl Jam to be a halftime appearance. Uh, I have no problem with Pearl Jam. That was one of the bands at the VH1 Honors that like blew the Who off yeah. the stage. There, there you go. See, See the problem is there are plenty of bands that are solid enough that they're not going to do something stupid if that's what they're worried about. Just mm-hmm. get somebody 35 and older, mm-hmm. and you should be safe. You don't have to go with the, the way 70, 60 crowd. And I have nothing against people that age. I'm just saying, musically, there starts to become a fall-off. You know, <laughs> I'm sure. Roger know. Daltrey did look fairly well-preserved, though. He looks good. He's, he's he make, honestly, make he honestly looks all right. An excellent job. And his guitar play pretty extant, you looked, know, pretty outstanding for somebody his age. Yeah, I would agree with yeah. that. The voice shot a little bit. He looked a little white though, didn't he? Well, it, it is winter. Who knows where he he spends his yeah. time? I, I'm I not really Roger familiar. Roger needs to uh, head to a warm weather climate. He looked uh, best way I can describe it is well preserved. Well, you might also be close to death, so therefore, you know, you just get <laughs> pale as you get there. Just unbelievable. All right, eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. When we come back for the break, the always exciting. He's got it here, folks. Right there for you, a projected starting lineup of another major league team. And today it's one that is near and dear to our house, our hearts here in the fine city of Chicago. It's a projected lineup for the Cup. For your 2010 Chicago Cubs. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) We'll take a quick break. Final break. Phone lines are open, folks. Dial it up. Two guys, one mic, double B, and the coach. 888-463-6748. TalkZone.com.
time to get back to Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn. Got to finish chewing my apple, Brian. Being the true professional I am, I do not want to speak with my mouth uh, quarter foot. i got to ask you, I've known a lot of radio people. Yes, sir. I've worked in radio for a while. Yes, sir. What is the obsession with eating while on the air? It, it seems like almost every show I've ever worked on, now some of them given are four hours long or whatever, mm-hmm. but it didn't matter if it was like a, a seven o'clock show, it didn't matter if it was a one o'clock to five, it didn't matter what the time slot was, there was always, the hosts were always eating on air. I, for me, it's not so much the eating, but I do have, very tough for me to do a show without coffee or water. No, I'm with you on that. It's I'm the, the sipping. Yeah. It's almost, I don't know, it's like a c- cigarette smoker. The, I think it kind of clears the throat. It kinda, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm with you on the drink. But I think it's more psychological. Right, and the drink has never bothered me because right. I understand it. Okay. I, but I never understood the eating on air because there's always, I mean, every single show I've ever worked on. And it's not like they're always eating stuff that's good for you on air. No, it's, rarely. Some, sometimes it's full of cheeses and your mouth gets all flummy after talking about it. it yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. No, you do you do a good job. But I've never been able to do it, and I never got into it. Mm-hmm. It's very well, if you've rare. seen most radio people, they uh, tend to be, how do I gently put this, slightly overweight. Oh, yeah. So maybe they're eating uh, during the radio show. They're eating pre-show. Post-show eating is a part of their very essence. Now, now, as a college kid, I had a radio show that was on at, like, midnight. Okay. Which, you know. Because it's college, you know, so it's a popular time for college. It, it wasn't bad. So, but again, the station I think had like a whole hundred watt whatever push out. But uh, every so often we'd order a pizza there. But basically, because when you were doing an NPR style college show, mm-hmm. there were so many rules as to what I could and could not do that really I wouldn't be on air for like fifteen twenty minutes at a time. So really, I would have my dinner at midnight there. <laughs> but again, after that, I never did it again. I couldn't understand it. That's just my thing. Did just you put just... put out the "Don't drink and drive" message? I hope as a. I think we had to, but it was always kind of hypocritical because. It There'd always be like three, four of us in the radio booth, and probably drinking at the time. <laughs> <laughs> For all you kids out there, don't do what I do. Yeah. Well, <laughs> do what I say. Don't drink and drive. <laughs> you can drink and do radio. Right. You're a college broadcast. Probably helps, really. Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much. Okay. All right. Real quick, before Real we do quick. the spring training lineup, other things that happened over the weekend we didn't get to. Danica Patrick, the young lady, uh, made yes. her appearance. Everywhere this weekend? Yeah. yeah. Well, she was in the commercials. But uh, real quick, uh, your thoughts on her racing at the NASCAR? Yeah, but she's not on the NASCAR number one circuit. She's on the secondary circuit. Okay. I, I think that's fine. You build it up. You learn how to use because the cars are different. People think you jump in a car, it's the same thing either way. Mm-hmm. Cars run differently. There's a different speed to them, a different feel to them, a different heft. Talking about cars or Danica? Both. Okay. Uh, I, I was more annoyed with the amount I saw Danica Patrick on the GoDaddy commercials uh, than anything else. Yeah. But in all honesty, I Go think you know, you know what, I'm all for you if you're a good athlete and you're good at what you do. She mm-hmm. obviously has won races with the IRL. Go ahead. Give it a shot. Mm-hmm. Give NASCAR a try. By the way, just to show you the um, preparation and the detail that we do on this Two Guys at a Mic show, I do have before me the entire 2010 Sprint Cup schedule. Wow. Now, I'm not going to go through the whole thing, Brian, It starts this weekend. Doesn't she start this weekend? I believe it does. Yeah. Yeah. I believe it does. The Daytona Daytona 500. 500. That's yeah. like their Super Bowl, which always it was weird to me. Yeah, Why would your starts, biggest race be the first one? Can never figure that out. No, it's kind of... It's, I, don't, yeah. well, I think a lot of normal sports guys are kind of confused by NASCAR. But just to throw out a few at you, Brian, go uh, you got the Goodies 500 at Martinsville, Indiana, March 28th. Nope. The Crown Royal 400, Richmond, Ooh, Virginia, May 1st, absolutely. That's old school. I like that. The Sprint All-Star Race out of Charlotte. Don't forget that, May 22nd. Eh, not going to happen. <laughs> the Lennox Tools 301, not the 300, but the 301. Don't forget one that. Extra, last... One extra mile. That's important. Yeah, one. A lot of people them. stop at 300. Some guy won it last year. He ran the extra mile. I understand that. Yeah, the Brickyard 400. You got the, uh, the Carfax 400 of Michigan, August 15th. Very Carfax. exciting. 
Now, with a Carfax, do they just use cars that are off of Carfax? They, they literally should just be given crappy cars. Because that's the whole thing what NASCAR yeah. used to be. NASCAR used to be, it was a stock car with a stock engine. That's how mm-hmm. it started. And it would just be who could drive it the fastest. And that, that's the way it all began. Now it's all these modified, we kind of are a stock car, mm-hmm. but we're not really a stock car kind of thing. And the thing that's always driven me nuts about NASCAR, I'm not against racing in general. But they're going in one direction the whole time. Like, I like Indianapolis. I don't know, Indy, uh, what is it? Not IRL, the one they do out in Europe, Formula One. They actually make right turns, left turns, right turns, left. It shows driving skill to me. You got to slow down, speed up, a lot more accidents. I'm more into that. Maybe like halfway through a race, if it was the Indy 500 at the 250 mark, you could reverse direction. So at least they have to go the opposite way. My always, my biggest thought always was if you want to combine the love of accidents with the love of racing, uh-huh. figure eight. Where in the middle you have a crossover. Would that be good? <laughs> then good luck. Be, that would be great for the fans. I don't know if the riders would like that, but that's that'd be great for the fans. Yeah, it'd be fun yeah. to watch. All right, so we had Danica making her appearance there. Steve Stricker, congratulations to him. He won the uh, Northern Trust Open out in Pacific Palisades. By the way, Steve Stricker last 15 times entered a tournament. Mm-hmm. He's won four times. That's not too bad. Really? Up and comer on the uh, circuit. Not bad. Not bad at all. And you talked about hockey earlier. I've heard three or four different friends of mine that raved about the Washington Capitol-Pittsburgh Penguin game, Ovechkin against Sidney Crosby. Apparently it was somewhat of a classic. I missed it, but right on Super Bowl Sunday, great NHL hockey game. Sid the Kid puts up two goals, and I believe Penguins went up 3 nothing right off the bat. Then Ovechkin starts. And I have not really watched Ovechkin play. You know, I'm kind of a local guy. I watch my Chicago Blackhawks. I might catch a couple other teams just based on it, but I, you know, I haven't gotten to the point where I'm watching every NHL game. I have never seen a guy take over like that. I mean, honestly, they, they passed him the puck. He was shooting from odd angles, you know, rushing in. It didn't matter what he did. He got the hat trick, sent the game into overtime, and then they win in overtime on top of that. And it really was on the shoulders of Ovechkin. I thought that Patrick Kane was good. I used to think that Jonathan Taves was a great player. Mm-hmm. I used to think Sidney Crosby was going to be the greatest NHLer. Ovechkin, by far. That, that's all I'm going to say is after watching that performance and a couple other games, that man is a man playing among kids when he plays in the NHL. Is it, I have not seen a lot of uh, Alexander Ovechkin, right? Yeah, and he was with the Washington Capitals. Is it uh, athleticism? Is it brute strength? He's is both. He, he, he is not. He, when you look at him, he doesn't look overly big. He looks about the same size as everybody else. But his hand-eye coordination, his ability to find the net, plus he's not afraid to go in full bore and check a guy. Uh, the guy is the perfect combination of player. Closest I can remember... Is he doesn't have the size, um, I don't know, very similar to a Jeremy Roenick, but not the head case and more of scoring. I mean, that, that, that's pretty much what locally you'd remember him as. Mm-hmm. But he was unbelievable. Just okay. unbelievable. All right. It was an unbelievable NHL hockey game. So some of the things that happened over the weekend while we were lost in Super Bowl fever. Don't forget coming up this Friday, the opening ceremonies of the Winter Olympics. And right now, Brian, I know a special feature when you are here. We have, at least for the next couple of weeks, our projected. Projected. Starting lineup, and today, it's a local one. Today, we went local. We went the Chicago Cubs. We'll start off batting first, second baseman. Or no, actually, we're going with shortstop now this year. Sorry. Ryan Terrio, he batted 284 last year, seven home runs, 54 RBIs, 21 stolen bases. And a Terrio to you, too, my friend. I like a Terrio. Tip, tip, Terrio. Center fielder, batting number two, Marlon Bird. Marlon who? Bird. Wow. Last year was San Diego. Woo-hoo. 283. 20 home runs, 89 RBIs, 8 stolen bases. Decent numbers. Repeat that. Uh, Lupinello would be a very happy manager. He'd be followed by the first baseman, Derek Lee. 306, 35 home runs, 111 RBIs, 1 stolen base. 
who would be followed by Aramis Ramirez, third baseman, batting 317 last year in a shortened season due to injury, 15 home runs, 65 RBIs, and two stolen bases. Who would be followed then by Alfonso Soriano, left fielder, 241, 20 home runs, 55 RBIs, nine stolen bases. Then your right fielder would be a combination of Xavier Nady and Kosuke Fukudomi. Xavier Nady, if you don't know him, Last year only played seven games with the New York Yankees due to injury 286. Zero home runs, two home run, two RBIs, two stolen bases. Followed by Giovanni Soto, the catcher, 218. 11 home runs, 47 RBIs, one stolen base. And Jeff Baker at second base, 288. Four home runs, 24 RBIs, and one stolen base. Your pitching staff is Carlos Zambrano, who was 9 and 7 last year with the 377. Second would be Ted Lilly when he comes back from injury, 12 and 9 with a 310 ERA. Third would be Ryan Dempster, 11 and 9 with a 365 ERA. Then it would be Randy Wells. He was a rookie last year, 12 and 10 with 305. And they're saying that Tom Grozolani will be 7 and 3 with a 555 ERA. But I think Carlos Silva might wind up being the guy who takes that fifth spot. Yeah, the closer will be Carlos Marmel. Good feeling about the ex Minnesota twin Carlos Silva. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Your projected starting lineup. We'll have another one next time. Double B is Boston in. Red Sox. I still, my wife, by the way, was listening fascinated. Really? With the Arizona Diamondback uh, preseason projected starting lineup. I was fascinated she how bad was, those guys could possibly be. Well, that's yeah. part of the fascination. Yeah. <laughs> I like Derek Lee. One. Stolen base stolen the entire base. season. There's a lot of those guys, so you yeah. know if it's to me if it's late in the season, I've got zero. Yeah, and the manager gives me the call for the stolen base. You know, if you're going to be bad in a particular, be bad with style. Right. If you've got zero stolen bases, all you shake off that stolen base. You got to go for it. Go you for zero. Go, just yeah. get the one. Sta- what killed me was Aramis Ramirez, who we want to talk backsides. That man's got a backside. He plays third base. He has two stolen bases. So at one point, him and Derek Lee have to be talking over there, going Aramis, going, yeah, yeah, you have more home run, but. I have more stolen base. <laughs> I, I, I doubled your number of stolen bases. Right. There's, yeah. there's a lot of that. Oh, goodness. All right. So there we go. I'm sure all the Cub fans are very excited. By the way, you know, all the other sports news, I believe we're down to like eight days until pitchers and catchers report baseball, my friend, is almost upon us. It just seems too early. When we get this kind of snow, it, it is hard for me to believe that it's almost that time. But you're right. Eight days. And in the meantime, people down in Mesa, Arizona, all upset that the Cubs have raised their prices because they need to redo that their whole spring training facility. They're calling it the Cub Tax. It's called it's called the Cub Tax, but they needed to do it otherwise they were going to lose them down to Florida. Which, by the way, you know, I was excited because I would love to go to Florida once a year to go watch that. But yeah, so that was a choice: you either lose them or you redo the whole facility. So they're not happy down in Mesa. All right. So bottom line is, we can watch the Winter Olympics, catch a little snowboarding and figure skating, while we also catch up on our baseball teams that are beginning spring training. I, it's a nice little... Uh, I'm not going to do it. The first week or two, I'm just not. And <laughs> Until I have like a hint that spring is coming, I, I just refuse to, mm-hmm. honestly. I, what do I want to hear? The first yeah. day out, when they announce that the pitcher is going to be our starting pitcher 30 days from now... Uh, Carlos Zambrano will be our starter. After the first 15 minutes of practice, Lou Piniella has announced that Carlos Zambrano will be our number one starting pitcher. Thank you. He looks good, and he felt no pain. Well, of course not. It was 15 minutes, and he's done. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Oh, goodness gracious. Talk about Ryan Dempster running up the hill with his great fitness routine. I mean, come on. Who cares? The first two weeks, who really cares? Let's just hope they stay healthy. Believe me, we need every healthy body we can get here. In Chicago for our baseball team. By the way, you told me off air, you talked about Winter Olympics, the fact that it's snowing out here. It's been snowing on the eastern seaboard. I'm very proud of you. You brought your snowblower out today. Yes. To go to work. You realized it was a pretty nice outside and the snow was not the heavy kind of snow. Right. The fluffy kind of snow. You brought the snowblower back in the garage. Yeah. You went old school. You brought out the shovel. 
Well, you know, here, here's the thing. You want to go? If you, and for those of you who think, well, well, why would he do that? Blah blah blah. Let's talk sheer laziness. Okay, let's just go beyond normal, whatever. I just thought, you know what? It's light. Why do I need to bring out this machine? So, it, all it took was one hand to hold my shovel and uh-huh. push it. That was it. That was all the effort I had to put into it. Why not? I mean, why not try it? People so are so like, quick to jump on top of, oh, i got to use my machine. My 300cc, 45 cubic inches of pure hell. I'll start this and cars around the whole neighborhood. Alarms go off. They're so excited. It blows snow three blocks down to the right. So what? It's snow. All you got to do is push it. That's all I'm saying. I would completely agree. I actually got, when I moved in uh, to my current abode about 12 years ago, I got a couple of the neighbors mad at me because they were going to go purchase a snowblower. And they wanted me to go in on the deal. A neighborhood snowblower? Uh, well, no, there was like maybe you know two other neighbors, so maybe three of us. All right. I, I didn't want to because I am of the same ilk of you. I enjoy shoveling. Yeah, I, I, I used to, but yeah, go ahead. At my age, you got to be a little bit careful a little bit. Right. But, you know, as long as you're smart about it, I enjoy getting out there and shoveling, so I didn't want to go into it. And neighbors, they go, oh, this guy's going to be nothing but trouble. Unfriendly son of a gun, won't share the expense of the snowblower. So they're out there snowblowing right now. I enjoy bringing out the shovel. Well, here's the thing. I lived in my house three years. It was my first house. And I'd never bought a snowblower for the first two. Uh, last year, a lot of snow, very heavy. And my car, my garage, or actually my driveway, holds seven cars. If you go lengthwise, you could put seven. So it's a long driveway. So about midway through last year, I told my wife, as soon as the season ends, I'm buying a, a snowblower because obviously they're cheaper then. So I was all excited this year when the first snow hit. I mean, I was out there. I don't even think an inch was on the ground. I'm, <laughs> I was all happy. You know, because you're shooting snow. I've got a dog that loves snow. I'm shooting snow at the dog. You know, first frost back on no, October 20th. I, I don't even know if it was. Yeah, it wasn't even really a frost. I mean, you could have blown on it. What the hell are you doing? We're trying to sleep. No, I'm out there till midnight. <laughs> so first three, four snows, I was all excited about it. But now I'm at the point of, okay, if I need it, I will bring it out. But for a couple of inches or a light inch when everything, why, Bob? I mean, come on. What's wrong with just taking a shovel and walking around? I mean, yeah. uh, that's all I'm saying. Uh, I, you know, I almost can give you a pass on the snowboard, but please, please do not tell me. In the fall, in the autumn, I have zero tolerance for the leaf blower. No no leaf blower. Uh, no. Yeah, that thing no, no, no. could be one of the more ridiculous inventions. I will tell you what annoys the hell out of me. Break your damn leaves. What, what annoys the hell out of me? I don't have any trees on my property. So but I, every day I've got leaves all over my yeah. damn property. I would like somebody else to come and take care of their leaves. It's well, their tree. It's kind of nice. It covers up the dog poop. No, it doesn't. I pick it up every day. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Nice talk. <laughs> Number one breakfast show if you're not having yeah, breakfast. But that's yeah. the problem with the leaf blowers. You know, the neighbor's got a leaf blower. Oh, that's very nice. He can do what he wants. But where does it blow the leaves? Out in the street or down in your property. Yeah, over yeah. to my property. Yeah. So what the heck's going on with that? Exactly. If you have a leaf blower that sucks up the leaves, that's one thing. But right. they don't do that, do they? No. No, they blow it to a different location. Right. My, the worst, the one that bothers me the most, I got a buddy who's a Chicago cop. Now, Chicago property, when you talk about grass, is about the size of this studio. That's how much grass he has in front of his house. Mm-hmm. He hires a service <laughs> to come once a week to mow that. Then I asked him, I go, well, how much do you pay? He goes, well, you know, it's a service. I, I don't really want to talk to money. I'm like, yeah, because you know you're getting overpaid to do one like square that would take you five minutes a week. Well, I would hope he shares it. Maybe he shares it with no. the neighbors. No. I mean, that, Pays that's... for a guy to come. Like, look at this area. Five seconds. That's where you got to go, you know, house to house. You get seven or eight houses. You bring in one landscaping service like if, if it's not much of a lawn. Right? His backyard's all, backyard's all concrete, just the front, one square. 
Did they mow the concrete too? They might as well. Brian's out there with the snowblower. I would be. I'm telling you, first snow, I was excited. <laughs> and I can see myself being that way every year. As soon as the snow hits, I'm out there with first one because I'm all excited about it. All right, beautiful. Yeah. Well, we're getting a little bit of snow, but we do pass on our uh, thoughts to the folks out in the eastern seaboard. What are they at? Washington, D.C., the Pennsylvania area. Oh, yeah. Uh, that just got hit big time with the snow. So hopefully things are a little better. But, uh, you know, if you're stranded inside your host, hopefully you're listening to the talkzone.com. Things could be worse. Well, maybe not. <laughs> oh, all right, Double B, uh, great having you in studio today. We appreciate it. And uh, even though you picked the Super Bowl wrong, we still love you. You got our baseball lineup here. We got the winter. Olymp- I know you're going to be calling in with a little snowboarding talk later in the You week. want me to? Sure. Uh, I'll break it down for you, as yeah. little as I know about snowboarding. Well, remember, it's going to be me and Joel talking Winter Olympics the next couple of days, which right. is truly a scary thing. I will break down the curling. I promise you I will call okay. in for curling. I love curling. I will watch it as much as possible okay. because I like shuffleboard on ice. That just amuses me. Right. You know, the luge. I love that. I like the bobsled. I, I get excited about that. But honestly, on opening ceremonies, we see, like, my favorite part is the guy who's from a country that doesn't have a lot of athletes. One guy by himself holding his flag with his three coaches around him, uh-huh. and he represents the whole country. Well, that's a great feeling. Yes. That's a great show. Remember they had the... Uh, Aborigine girl, right? Yeah. That was in the Australia? What, what Olympics was that? I'm trying to remember. It was either the last Winter Olympics or the one before, but that was pretty cool. Yeah. Right? Exactly. But yeah. that's what I like to see. Give me some of that. Give me, you know, mm-hmm. the one guy from Latvia you know, who's, who's a part of their biathlon <laughs> team. He has one coach, so the two of them represent a whole country for a night. I yeah, mean, how great is that? We can all kid about it and joke about the events. When it happens that we see some of the human interest stories, I think most of us get into it. The Olympics, is it's unique, but it's its good stuff. No, I like it. I it's love the whole concept. Good entertainment. Yeah. All right. Double B, thanks for coming in. TalkZone.com. we got to sign off. David Olson, our producer, great job, as per always. We're back at you again tomorrow, 10 o'clock. Don't be late. Thanks for listening. Have a great day out there, everybody. Two guys and a mic on a sign-off.